This podcast edition of Other Side of Texas is brought to you by our friends at Flint Boot and Hat, a West Texas original. You want a great hat or you want to make your boots great again, go see them at 3035 34th Street or Flint and 34th Street in Lubbock or see more at flinthat.com. It was freezing cold in Dallas when I made my getaway. I outran a cold front when I gave my truck the reins. Barreling down I 35 with one thought on my mind. Forget the race, find an open space, be that city. Hitting that red light. Pressing the pedal down. Here we are on the other side of Texas. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Jay West Texas Leeson. Thanks for tuning in and telling friends that you hang out on the other side, raving on in the studios where Buddy Holly became famous and Waylon Jennings still has some sort of residue on the wall. Not sure what he was smoking or inhaling, exhaling, but it's still here. It's still the same here at AM580 Lubbock Broadcasting from the Racer Car Wash Studios, Lubbock's best wash around five years running. Stop into one of five convenient locations across Hub City and get you a great wash there. Racerwash.com. They always give you the ticket and say, you know, we can come back within... I don't, sometimes it's it seems like sometimes it's a few days sometimes it's seven days we've had to use that of late and by the way let me just get i don't i'm gonna have to get matt ernst or or roberts on the show some meteorologist john robinson and ask them about have you noticed you guys that are listening in in lubbock how there's a ring of clouds around lubbock every morning now and then it just goes away and, and it, get, everybody else gets rain, but Lubbock doesn't. Like, we've offended the rain gods. I, I don't know. If you know what that phenomenon is, Texas, 806-745-5800. Good reminder, 806-745-5800 if you'd like to be a part of the program. Now, I have... Uh, been Mr. Dad this week. My wife is a um, a pretty big deal in real estate right now. Went to a conference this week, I guess, to learn to be a bigger deal, or maybe just to write off some good meals or whatever she was doing. Charity is is arriving back at the house tonight. I cannot, you know, for those of you who maybe knew, we have an 11 year old daughter going on. 21 two third graders two third grade twin boys and then we've got our little uh four-year-old gonna be five years old matter of fact on his for his birthday we're going to watch the cowboys and the redskins on thanksgiving day charlie was our little uh surprise wink wink and we love our little charlie barley charity's been gone and uh, things are not looking good at the house right now. I can report things. Not only do they not look good, it looks terrible. It looks like all week long we've been just having a party. And I'm really afraid. Not quite that bad. Not quite Animal House bad. But it is pretty rough there at the Lisa Ponderosa. Um... 
But, uh, you know, look, here's here's what I know. Uh, more and more and more and more I find, like today, Burt Reynolds passed away. And Brandon Darby and I were talking about this. Uh, we've begun talking about this more and more. I'll be 40 in March. And it's funny how you just begin to look at the second half of life and realize that there's less of it than what was in the first that the clock is ticking and uh you know whenever guys like burt reynolds pass away then you're like oh wow well i guess i'm getting there and then i am running my fingers through my coarse gray hair right now but i will say that i have uh i've not ever regretted the moment with my children and until this week whenever i've had a lot of moments with my children i'm really amazed at what my wife does i'm taking all this somewhere to say the only leverage i have over my boys there are three things one is a belt the next is fly fishing but probably the greatest uh the greatest tool in my arsenal is football and speaking of football Chris Level, Red Raider Sports, going to call in about nine minutes from now. We're going to talk about where Texas Tech is and and what we can expect uh, this weekend going forward. But football, tonight's a big kickoff of, of NFL football. My boys, look, all this Nike stuff, I understand that there's a lot of controversy out there. But whenever you're a dad and you've got boys who are just absolutely taken by football, taken by the NFL, then you go with that. And, you know, we don't watch the national anthem. Usually we're about five minutes late into the game. But I'm all about football with the boys because there are all sorts of unexpecteds that come along the way. I was just doing my own thing watching the Cowboys game a couple of years ago. Both boys, and they have the attentions. Uh, they cannot pay attention to something longer than nine seconds. But they sat there for three and a half hours and watched the game with me. And were really taken by it. So whenever you've got ninth graders, I'm sorry, nine-year-olds, third graders, who are watching this game then you take some real dad moments and you say hey boys it's 24 to 18 what what do the falcons need to do here they've got 18 uh philadelphia's uh, the eagles have 24 what needs to happen here and they'll say well they need to kick a field goal a field goal or two field goal two field goals or what else can they do and jack says they can score a touchdown and it's great. It you know, third and seven, how many yards they need? Second and second and three, how many yards do they need? So now we're doing double duty. You're welcome, Lubbock Independent School District. Doing double duty. Not only are we watching football, I'm tricking them into doing math. And it's just something that we love to do. And tonight after the show, I'm gonna go home. Uh great family, above average dinner. And we are going to get it on. We're going to bring out the root beer floats. And we're going to have a great time watching football. And, you know, something else. Let me just riff on this for a second before we get into the Nike thing, if we ever make it to there. Look, 
nine-year-olds, like age eight to 12, that's Lord of the Flies range. Like, that's what little boys do. And if you don't, if you're not an adherent to um, the survival of the strongest, then just don't go hang out around an elementary school or a middle school because that or the real world for that matter but this thing about i mean boys should play tackle football they want to play tackle football they want to go lord of the rings they want to paint their bellies and like jump off cliffs and maybe they shouldn't jump off cliffs but i'm all for like all this like i never tell my boys stop fighting stop stop talking to each other i'll tell them go outside and talk to each other like that <laughs> go outside and roughhouse but i'm not you won't ever hear me say stop it that's because that's what they do but on this whole nike thing i think i was talking earlier this week about how my wife and i and our four children drove to wisconsin to see missionary mike throwing a little sign of the cross in the air to missionary mike my younger brother's missionary based out of madison always going out of the country somewhere and we drove up to see he and his family and on our way back it was about time for a stop and we saw an outlet mall and we stopped and we dropped we dropped like half a grand at the nike store and this was like a month this was the end of july now all this kaepernick taking these stuff and I'm just looking around at my boys because they they love just wearing just plain Nike stuff, Under Armour stuff. And I do, farmers, hear me tap my heart. I do make them wear cotton from time to time, but that's how they roll. This story from Everything Lubbock, uh, KLBK, KMAC. People across the nation are reacting with anger to Nike's new ad campaign with former NFL quarterback Colin Kaepernick, former being the operative word there, some are so... So listen, as just a football observer, Kaepernick was not good, okay? He was not. Jarwowski, Jerkowski, whatever that guy's name is on ESPN, I don't know if he's... No, Ron Jerkowski, Jaws, he was wrong. He's not going to be one of the best quarterbacks ever. He wasn't good, so they cut him. It didn't. Ha I don't think it had anything to do with sideline protests. Some are so angry, in fact, that they are threatening to destroy their Nike clothes. But the Salvation Army said, "Don't toss the shoes. Donate them in instead." On earlier this week, KMAC, uh, a viewer sent KMAC a photo of trash bag full of Nike shoes and clothes tossed outside into a dumpster salvation army saying we want that stuff i'm not saying we that we want it the least in ponderosa i'm saying we're going to tap the brakes maybe put on some cotton for a couple of weeks see how the whole thing plays out it's just always amazing to me how knee-jerk we are and this is why i don't ever take up national issues on the show hardly ever do i take up national issues because once you get on that path it's like plinko man Prize is right, Plinko. It's all over the place. Because we as a nation don't have a firm foundation. We're, we're always 
loosey-goosey going everywhere and it just drives me crazy i'd rather stick with something that i know and that's west texas and that's what we talk about here speaking of west texas and i'm glad that you would you could listen to the days of our lives there at the lease in ponderosa that looks like animal house maybe as bad as Pon- animal house right now uh, we're going to get into some texas tech football coming up glad to introduce my friend chris level if you're not introduced to him previously you'll hear from him about what's going on texas tech football what you can expect this weekend for price in about 25 minutes from now state representative out of amarillo great show for you locking there stick with us with some great advertisers be back with you here just a little quick break here stick with us right back on the other side all I know is you gotta keep trying you Gotta laugh now and then to keep from crying The only sure thing is taxes and dying And your loving makes a living worthwhile Hey, welcome back in. The Other Side of Texas is sponsored by the law firm of Mullen, Horde, and Brown, LLP, with offices in Lubbock, Amarillo, and Dallas, employing creative legal solutions to address your business needs in the areas of commercial litigation, banking, financial restructuring, and employment law. Well, I'm glad to finally have the opportunity to introduce you to one of Lubbock's finest. He is Mr. Chris Level. He heads up, I think he just started. Well, hold on. Daniel's pointing at me. We got to give you your proper intro there. Um, you going to play that or not? Hold on. We got the drop. The drop's coming. Oh, yeah. There's some some Chris Level music for you <laughs> right there. Uh, heads up. RedRaiderSports.com, the guy to talk to about Texas Tech football. How are you, Chris Level? I'm doing wonderful, uh, Mr. Leeson. How are you, sir? Uh, we're just going along here on down the road i want to uh get in with you about a couple of things one how long you been at this thing how long you been doing radio how long you been doing the website oh you know covering covering this thing since probably 2002 and then probably doing radio since 2005 so yeah, been, been, been a while. Uh, I'm I'm getting older. Um, but you took up and, Red uh, Raider Sports in 2002. Yeah, that, that's right. Yeah, that's started uh, way but way back before the internet was kind of the internet that it is now. The way everything uh, is covered and and all that. But yeah, I mean uh, we we uh, I, I graduated from here in '96, and you know just kind of started fiddling with that in the early 2000s. I've been doing it ever since. See, that's intriguing to me because now there's. Uh, like i'm i speak at uh some courses and we talk about new media because you know i'll just say for me i've found that so far as the green is concerned in my wallet that it's it's better and i think it's clay travis to get into your wheelhouse here clay travis taught me this uh what's he do Uh, outkick the coverage um yeah that the name on the jersey can matter more than the name on the front of the jersey and i think that that's what new media has laid out but you were well ahead of that with the message board and with the with the website itself there at redraidersports.com um but then you just kind of fell into 
all this other stuff the radio gig the sideline gig and now you get to go to any tech game you want to and you speak behind <laughs> microphones at the games it's something like that yeah that's right you just hope there's something good to say uh you know whatever you're talking uh to, to the microphone but yeah I'm, i mean one, one of those things where it's, i'm very lucky to get to do what i do and it's always better when you're winning uh but that's just that's just part of sports you know they they, they do keep score and uh but yeah i've been do, do a little tech football stuff and tech basketball stuff and um you know but it, it, it is certainly football season now so yeah. your thoughts as we roll along won't take your calls but we will take your thoughts on the text line 806-745-5800 and uh speaking of adam asking this have you been approached about the chancellor job yet chris level yes or no <laughs> I, I have not. No, I, I I think they could do a lot better than uh, than than my uh, you know my skill set probably doesn't lend itself to to being uh, what what they need in there. That's, that's, Is uh, that's that a fundraiser's job? That's a Man, that's, uh, that's a big job. We get a lot of politicians on this show. Is that your way of saying that would be a pay cut? <laughs> no, I, I and from that standpoint, I'd probably love to have that job. But uh, yeah, we don't us, us, us journalists and broadcasters and all that not a whole lot of money in this deal so you have to really like it to, to do it okay so you're seeing this stuff firsthand chris level at chris level on twitter as we roll along here your thoughts again 806-745-5800 you can text in so level we're already i mean we are jazzed i was just talking in the last segment about how much my boys love football we're all geeked out last weekend ready for kickoff you know the tickets came to the house in that nice little spiral bound book and we're looking through the tickets and all the games that we're excited about kick off against old miss and there was a glimmer of hope but it didn't last very long what happened last week with this football team yeah that that was uh that's a tricky part about when you play these neutral site games or when you're gonna go you're gonna go big right out of the gate and tech hadn't done that in a while it was last time you had a game like that was when cliff was the quarterback when you went to uh, columbus ohio back in 2002 and, and that didn't work out very well but and that's what you know with the way that things have gone in the last couple of years you know you kind of set the tone one way or the other with a big game like that and if, if you win it great but if not then, then it kind of it, it, there's just a negative tone with it and you're 10 minutes into that game and i, I remember thinking to myself is there anything else that could possibly go wrong here and you don't ever ever want to verbalize that because Sometimes the, the football god or whoever else you're talking to at the time will go, okay, well, I'll show you. But, I mean, you, you allow the kickoff return for touchdown. Your starting quarterback goes out. Um, you, you know, you allow the third play for scrimmage. D.K. Metcalf goes, I think, 58 yards. Um, you, you have a defensive starter ejected in, in, in a position of, of need compared to what, what Ole Miss is good at. For, for and, targeting, and, and, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Smith for targeting. And, so and it's all just, subjective at that point, but – yeah, that's true, and 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 you just you you didn't ever recover from those initial moments. You, you were kind of always chasing and always behind, and and I, I think that the, the McLean Carter injury probably shook up everybody. I, I think that's probably a fair statement to make. And and you know you, you he had won the job, and 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 he's out, and it's very clear he would not return. And so you've got a true freshman in there playing quarterback, and he just kind of tried to make a go of it and, and you never really put a scare in the old Miss but you, you, you fought and 
but just too many explosive plays, and it's just not the not the way you want to start off the season, certainly. And Chris Level, as we roll along here, but to this quarterback situation, like McLean, okay, and but what's what's this other kid's name? Jet Duffy, or what is it from Mansfield? Yeah, that's right. Uh, so he's why didn't he get the threat. nod? I, I don't think. I, one, I, th- I think that you were behind at the time. I think you were down ten points when you come in. I think they had, they'd clearly established that that Allen was the better thrower of, of the two options, and, and I think that's what they felt like they needed more at the time. And, and I think Duffy's clearly more the dual threat and the runner and, and all that. And well, you're not alone, Jay. I mean, a lot of people have asked, you know, kind of, why didn't we see him? And I just, you were kind of always behind in that game. And so yeah. I think you felt like you, you, you were running the ball okay, but needed to, to throw it. And, and so I, I, I tell you what's fascinating is I don't know exactly where you go from here at the QB spot because when McLean gets healthy in a couple of weeks, if, if it takes a couple of weeks, does he come back? I mean, does Bowman, does he hang on to it? Do you give Duffy a shot? I mean, that, and that's not exactly good for a football team to kind of be wondering that as you're in a crucial season like they're in. Oh, man. So it's going to be a whole uh, pull cliff put Rob Peters in all all year. Is that what we're <laughs> Well, doing? How old school is that mentioned? That's right. Way? Yes, I, I, that was good. That, that, you're going way back. Uh, yeah, I, I think that there's a certain level, like the fan base always – you always are intrigued by door number three or door number two. Kind of, mm-hmm. kind of whatever you don't know. Sometimes it's because you're, you're, you know, fans are optimistic and they want to think that 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 option they haven't but seen yet is Chris, kind of like a savior. And listen, so do you? But maybe Cliff remembers that too. I mean, I throw that out in jest, but maybe he remembers what it was like for the starter, he being the starter, to be questioned. And so he's just going to double down on what he's got going forward. I mean, it, it's certainly possible. He, he's, I, I think he has a different way of viewing that position and how to coach it because he played it mm-hmm. more than, than some people that didn't play it. He, he gets it. And that's why I think he's always been that whenever he picks a guy, he's picked him. But, but I think this is a year to where they know they have to win. And, you know, do, do you have a quicker hook? Do you, do you uh, do you consider playing two different guys in a game? Which is not, that's just not really in his DNA. But does he kind of change his line of thinking considering, you know, that there's, there's some pressure here? Yeah. So um, it's a valid point. Well, I'm, I'm being considerate of your time here. Speaking with Chris Level, RedRaiderSports.com. Um, I know that you're about to jump 97.3 at 6 o'clock. You're going to be interviewing Cliff himself, right? You do your coach's show uh, coming up in about half an hour from now. Um, is that right, or am I just talking, talking? Trash? No, that's right. Okay. Yeah, six o'clock, so, we do the uh, Coach Kingbury show. Yeah. So yeah. So let me say this: that whenever I look at the situation, I wonder if, uh, I wonder from your perspective there on the sidelines. I know early in the season it was what was the tagline like hashtag new feel or there's a new thing going. Or, I can't things remember. Things have changed. Yeah, things have changed. Yeah, stand on the sidelines there at the old Miss game in Houston. Did you feel like things had changed? No, I mean, and I, I think that's the scary part because I think where that kind of started was basically it was kind of based on defense, and David Gibbs had kind of, hmm. you know, he tossed that out there and felt like, okay, we're finally starting to turn the corner here, and that's that's the one takeaway you you come away with is. You're just, you know, surprised that you didn't play better on on defense, but you know. It, and I think, 
just too many explosive plays and the running game got kind of bit you a little bit. You just didn't. You, you thought you'd be better, I think, and then and, and it wasn't. Yeah, well, but at risk of sounding like a homer here. And I'm going to go sit out there and bake in the sun. We're going to get into Lamar here in just a minute. But I'm going to bake in the sun in all these games. But Ole Miss just got taken down for cheating by the NCAA. The coach is gone, but the players are still there. They still have a really good group of 22. They are offensively, like skill-wise, I would say. I mean, they, they return four starters on their offensive line. Their receivers are as good as you'll see all season long. I feel, and that includes Oklahoma, West Virginia, anybody you want to toss out there. I mean, the the, the, the one kid, AJ Brown, we're number one. He's going to go in the first round next year. Their left tackle, Greg Little, will go in the first round next year. And those guys will have to come out. They won't even return for their senior year. Hmm. But that, if you go look at any mock draft for next year, but yeah, so that 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 is certainly a valid point. And and I just I thought. Because here's what I, I guess what I ultimately thought going into that thing. I thought Ole Miss is going to get some licks in here. They're, they're really good. They're, they're going to get you for some things. But I thought you would get some licks in too. And that's the part. You know, you got a couple of sacks. You got one turnover. But you never really just, you know, stopped them. And you did hold them to some field goal attempts and some things you could feel good about. But with what you had going offensively and you were kind of laboring trying, trying to score, it just wasn't a good game to get into a shootout with, and you just couldn't ultimately keep them off the scoreboard with some of those long plays. Yeah. Uh, hey, buddy, you'd be proud of this. I took uh, Mahomes in the sixth round at my fancy draft. People said that's way nice. too early, and I now, said now, no. It's now, the not fantasy too early. football folks might tell you that's a bit of a reach. I mean, it's been a no. little high, but I appreciate I, pr- I appreciate you. Uh, I appreciate you sticking with our, our, our man Pat. <laughs> Got to go after my homie, uh, Chris <laughs> Level, as we roll along. Um, I had something that just came to my mind, and it's already gone. But Lamar, this weekend, remind me. I should know this, but I don't. What time's the game, and what are you expecting? Uh, three o'clock start uh, on Saturday. All Lamar, right. You know, from yeah, from the yeah, that's right. We'll just take South up half Conference. the day, then the whole day. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay. But no, it should be. I mean, you, this is a game that'll be good for whoever's playing quarterback to get some experience. Lamar is not supposed to be very good. This will be the last game that you can look at an opposition, maybe outside of Kansas, and, and say, okay, the outcome is probably not something we need to worry about. But it's more about you know getting experience and, and, and some of those things. But you know, you got to start somewhere. And it, it would have been nice if you could open up with this game and maybe play Ole Miss in the second week. Maybe you could have worked through some of that, but that's not how this stuff works and, and all that. But, yeah, Lamar, will, will, uh, they won't be great, but it'll be a good uh, good test nonetheless and to get whatever quarterback trots out there some experience and some valuable reps. Hey, just walk by Cliff sometime and say, hey, on the other side of the tech, it's a pretty popular podcast. Um, they think that we ought to be playing Chet Duffy. Just okay, I'll, drop, drop I'll that definitely tell it. Hey, I'll definitely tell Speaking of Cliff, and I'm not asking you to make any sort of statement here, but just so listeners understand, there's a lot of tumultuousness last year, the last game of the year. Some people say that had Cliff lost to UT, um, that he would have been gone. Uh, if he won, then he was in. And it was just a winner-take-all. But the problem there has been the contract. It, Update us on where we are on Cliff Kingsbury's contract. What's owed and through how many years? He, he, Jay, he's got um, two years left on his contract after this one. And, you know, they had uh, they had several staff changes after this past year. And a lot of those assistants, see, that, this, is, this is a bit different than Texas Tech has operated in, in the past. 
you have some assistant coaches that you hire to come in and you gave them two year contracts. So there's a lot of assistant coaches that are under contract for next year uh, as well because it was hard mm. to go hire a good quality coach with any kind of resume considering the situation that you were in if you didn't really give them any job security. And yeah. so that's where that's kind of the business part of this thing. That's kind of where that works. But yeah, that's he's got he's got two years left on his deal after this one and and it's going to be extremely difficult. It's something will have to be done after this year because you simply cannot recruit at a level that you need to if you, if you don't have either plenty of years left on deal or, or it's going to be a situation where, you know, Kirby has to make a change. So it, yeah. one of two things will happen. Cliff will get in a, a contract extension after this year or, or they'll give a contract to somebody else. But that's kind of so, where they're how at. How much money are we on the hook here for two years? Oh, yeah, I, I want to say – I, I don't want to tell you a wrong number. Okay. It's somewhere between three to five. Okay. But you can – there's some different so things. You can, yeah, you can do some different things there. I mean, there'll, there'll be a price to pay. That's the price of doing business in, in college football, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> and, and that's just that's – because just, it's going gonna, it's gonna to cost you no matter what you do, ultimately. You know, whether you tear the deal up and write him a new one or you give, you give a deal to somebody else. But I really hope they can get this thing turned around and – and, and get the bad taste out of everybody's mouth and win three or four here in a row, and then we'll be having a much different conversation. Yeah, you do radio, so I can know that from time to time you have to turn away from the mic so you don't laugh and snort into it. Kyle just texting in, we just paid Duncan 800000 to take a year off. I think we're okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's something. Uh, so, RedRaiderSports.com, go get all the news and updates. You got your beat guys out there you get level stuff as well and I, i'm probably going to show up on that site here in the next couple of days i'm just gonna my my uh what do you call it the handle it's just gonna be leasing and I'm, that, that'll work I'm man just gonna we, barge we, we'd in love there. to have you on there you yeah. shoot me an email we'll get you taken care of <laughs> well he is chris level again at chris level on twitter uh what's your prediction this weekend give us a score oh I, i'm gonna i'll say 50 to 14 50 to 14. Yeah, we'll okay. go with that. All right. Well, get you out of here with some good bumper music. Uh, he is Chris Level. Thanks for taking time. Have a great show. Hey, thanks, Jay. Appreciate you having me on, man. All right, buddy. Talk to you yes, next sir. week. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. So, a little uh, Texas Tech football. I've really, honestly, guys, I watched that game last week. I have a buddy, and his name is Cole Roberts. He used to play tight end for Tech, and... Somebody took a picture of me last football season, put it up on, I had on my red, I wear red pants to the games, and I was just laying back in that terrible September sun last year, and uh, just hating it. I mean, it was just terrible. It feels like kind of where we are with A&M in the whole Regent Gate situation. It feels like we are in this situation where we're there. <laughs> yes. Just like we are with these regents now, under the thumb of John Sharp. John Sharp on the mobile, by the way. I got to update you on that situation. Uh, it's where it feels like we are right now. The football team looks like the regents at this point. And I'm going to stick it through, have my guns up. The boys are not going to take a knee during the school song, the fight song. But it, I just think it's going to be a long season. And I appreciate, just like Ross Ramsey is my political counselor on this show on Wednesdays, um, I look forward to Level, Chris Level, B.
being my my sports counselor as we go in. Hey, I'm going to catch a quick break here. Appreciate you tuning in and stick with us. Quick break. Going to get into Four Price. If you don't know that name, state representative out of Amarillo may be the next speaker of the Texas House. Tell you why that's important to the other side of Texas with his bid right here. Coming up a few. What do I see here? About two minutes from now. Stick with us right here. Other side of Texas. Hey, this segment brought to you by Lubbock File Room. Providing safe and secure document storage and shredding services to Lubbock and the surrounding area since 1992 for a free and hassle-free estimate. Text line going crazy. (laughs) They're just demanding that I play some Rager Dykes audio during the Lubbock Power. for a free and hassle-free estimate call our friends i use them i'm not a criminal i use them hey you don't want you don't want your competitors digging through your trash or anybody else digging through your trash don't throw that stuff away take it to i mean really you can take a 90 pound box and i think it was like 25 bucks they got rid of it didn't have to set a big bonfire in the backyard freak out all the neighbors they took care of it, gave me a certificate of destruction. LubbockFileRoom.com, 806-744-7666. It's 806 I'm not reading that. 806-744-7666. If you'd like to text in things that I cannot read on the air without paying an FCC fine, uh, you can text in at 806 806- 745-5800-806-745-5800. Going to get four price on with us here in just a moment. The most decent people in the world who I cannot believe is a politician, but he is. He's state representative out of Amarillo. Gonna get on four price here in just a moment. Got a couple of more stories. And listen, I've, I've been, I've gotten some flack about this today. I tried to go through with some help. And you know, whenever you're out in your shed, you dads will appreciate this. Whenever you're out in the shed and you're cleaning it out and you look at that, that little rinky dink, uh, extension cord that's all knotted up and it's like in this huge ball, looks like a big tiger just came in like a, a ball of yarn and just, just, it's just, you just rather throw it away than figure out all the knots. That's kind of what Texas tech, uh, Board of Regents Chairman Rick Francis is like. Uh, whenever you begin to look at his financial disclosures, what he disclosed, what he didn't disclose, why didn't he disclose on his personal financial statements? But looking at this, like people in Lubbock get down on Dan Pope and the mayor and the city council <clears throat> about you know these ulterior motives. What's going on downtown? It kind of has the sound of you know some drama to it and it's like no not that not not rager gate drama almost but whenever you begin to look at el paso and you get into guys like i mean we don't have these heavy hitters here uh here in lubbock but whenever you get into woody hunt and you get in with uh looking at paul foster 
a, a billionaire oilman, then you have to begin to what say, you got? no, I don't say that. Stop. I'm trying to make a point. El Paso's downtown redevelopment effort, Club for Growth came out with a piece against Beto O'Rourke. I think it makes sense, but you know, that's what I base the piece on. It's been hard to put that together because once you put it up, you put it up. And you better have your name under it, and I'm going to have my name under it. But it's an awful lot of mental gymnastics to get through. And we all in Lubbock, uh, in around West Texas, we all say, well, I know what happened. I know what happened. Well, it's one thing to say I know what happened, and it's another thing to write it out and to document it. And that's what I'm in the middle of right now. Um, and it's been hard to do. So I think we're going to put it up. Uh, a little bit later tonight and uh you can read it there other side of texas.com always looking for sponsors on those pieces it goes to high heaven uh somebody else we've been looking forward to talking to is the man for price out of amarillo today announcing that he will in fact run for speaker of the texas house no stranger to this program for price how are you buddy i'm doing great jay thanks for having me on uh great day where are you right now i am in amarillo amarillo up on the high plains enjoying this beautiful nice cool cloudy and sometimes rainy day yeah i i break down a lot of politicians on this program for sometimes it's hard (laughs) for me to believe his name is walter what's your middle name thomas walter thomas price the fourth and they went with four is somebody who's named john thomas leeson the fifth i really admire i should have just gone by five <laughs> i didn't even know that about you but uh i guess we're in good company i guess anything else i can just start putting up my social security too if anybody wants to just really hammer on me but <laughs> four price here um so four you don't get out in the fray very often is is it as a very close texas political observer you don't get out in the fray but you decided to throw your hat in here for speaker of the house if you're just if you're a new listener we're going to talk about what the speaker does for we're going to go through some 101 stuff here great but tell us a little bit about what made you make this decision to jump in well, obviously, I, I didn't make it right away when the news broke, uh, you know, last year that, that Speaker Strauss would not be seeking re-election to the House, which meant that the position was going to be open. Uh, a number of individuals have filed, and, and there probably will be more. Um, but for Six me, Republicans, very, one Democrat. That's right. Okay. And, and, and for me, it was a personal, very reflective, you know, thoughtful process, and, and I didn't rush into anything. I just really analyze the fact that, that this is an opportunity, um, you know, and I'm eager to seek the leadership position that's available because I think that the House is going to play a, a huge role in uh, what Texas decides to do going forward. Uh, we have done some great things here in the past. I just think the opportunity is tremendous as we look to the future, and we just have to tackle uh, challenges that go along with, uh, you know, a growing population, and we have you know, urban, rural issues that, that need an advocate. And uh, these are these are some of the reasons why it's important for me, just having worked in the, se- in the House for four sessions, 
um, you know, to, to utilize some skills that I've developed to work on tough issues and work with people from all over the state with varied backgrounds and different levels of experience and all that. And uh, this is an opportunity that I was eager to uh, throw my hat in the ring to see if I could uh, uh, win. Okay, so for listeners, let's break it down. Let's break down Texas uh, government for just a moment. You've got two, you got the Senate and you've got the House. And then in the House, you've got 150 uh, members, and they are Republican and Democrat. Some people, what are we at right now for price? We're at 55 Democrats. Some think that it may slip up to 60 so that you have essentially a 60, 90, maybe a 95, 55 majority of Republicans in the House coming into the next legislature, which begins in Texas. I always have to do this little civics background so I don't make people's eyes glaze over whenever we get into the weeds here for but um, we meet every two years. For, 140 days yeah. uh, every two years. Yeah. So that little backgrounder, for everybody listening the speaker of the house is not a statewide elected position the lieutenant governor and what people traditionally call the big three the speaker of the house the governor and the lieutenant governor um the speaker of the house is the only of those big three that is not elected statewide it's elected within the house uh, what do you make of that situation for Price, and do you think it's important that the minority party has a voice in that process? Well, the the, the constituency is the biggest uh, distinction, which you just hit on, which is, you know, the speaker is not elected statewide, like the governor or lieutenant governor. The speaker is elected by the membership of the House, and so the speaker is one member of a 150-member body, and uh, the constituencies that each member represents are obviously very different. And so a speaker uh, has to respect that each member have the ability to vote his or her own district, meaning, you know, every speaker needs to, in my opinion, really respect the fact that each person who's elected there in that body has a constituency of their own with interests oh, of their hold own. Hold on for I need to make a – Daniel, write this down. We need – an audio clip of Pete Laney saying, vote your district. We need that for the next session. Okay, <laughs> yeah. He's got it. Well, Go ahead. Go ahead. That's, that's a simpler way to say it, but what I'm, what I'm trying to, you know, I guess articulate in a, a, uh, um, a short fashion is that each member, you know, has a district that they represent, and a speaker uh, can't ignore the fact that even if they don't always agree on a policy basis with every single member, which, you know, is not going to happen, uh, they have to respect the fact that that member is doing what he or she thinks is right for their, their home district. And so sometimes those disagreements will, uh, you know, lead to, to difficult conversations and, and serious and passionate debates, but that's okay. And that's the way our process works. And so uh, members of both parties have the opportunity to meaningfully participate in our process. And uh, it's just a very different dynamic in the House than it is um, in the Senate, for instance. And so uh, even though they're representing their districts and all, um, you know, the leader of that chamber is elected statewide, so he or she is going to be, you know, somewhat more concerned with the statewide constituency. And the Speaker of the House is always going to be looking after uh, the body, protecting the members, making sure that they're uh, able to represent their districts, um, but also being a leader for statewide policy and looking to the future. And so it makes the job 
uh, and very unique. For Price uh, with us here on the program, and uh, what's your Twitter handle for? for oh, you're asking me something. I, I think it's at Four Price Texas, so it's uh, TX anyway. It is, um, yeah, Sorry. at F O U R P R I C E, capital T, capital X. All right, uh, with us here on the program, whatever that Twitter handle was, so you can just hit hit back. 15 seconds on your podcast and hear that again um you talk about the lieutenant governor and the governor i think it's no secret whenever you follow texas politics that you have senators and this is what i see more and more senators who feel very compelled to vote for suburban districts and that comes with a great deal of tension in rural Texas, more so, and I would argue for price more than urban districts, it's suburban districts. And so as you look at this, as you go in, and I'm going to ask about your goals here in just a moment, but how does the Speaker of the Texas House right now in 2018, what what should be the Speaker of the House knowing your, your, your fellow, your cohorts there in the House after eight years like you do? What do you think the chief role is at those breakfasts on whatever they are, Wednesday mornings with the lieutenant governor and the governor while you're in session for those 140 days? What is your posture there if you're Speaker of the House? Well, there always has to be, in my opinion, an open line of communication and, and frank discussions uh, you know, with honesty about where you know, the, the policy priorities are headed. Um, obviously, the Senate and the House and the executive branch aren't always going to be aligned with regard to uh, what order maybe some some issues are in that priority uh, determination. But but I think it's really important to uh, to always be capable of keeping the lines of communication open and having frank, honest but civil uh, discussions about um, how we can help one another, uh, how we can advance the priorities that are important to each chamber, which may may take some, some uh, you know, adjustment or give and take with one side or the other from time to time, and that's really the nature of our process. I mean, legislation, if you've ever been uh, paying attention to, you know, how, how bills are passed, I mean, they're generally not crammed down folks' throats. They're negotiated, and there's uh, adjustments to the language, and you end up, you know, trying to arrive at language in a bill that's going to be agreeable to most of the body. So, you know, uh, I think you have to be a communicator and an advocate for the for the House. You have to be able constitutionally to be independent that's why we have it set up the way it is um and and there's nothing wrong with standing firm uh to uh to express that but at the same time you know work together and and really hopefully um everything that's done is not to glorify or promote one individual person uh you know everybody should be keeping the best interests of the state in mind and and that's what i would be working towards all right for price as we carry on here Give me a couple of, uh, well, give me three top goals that you as Speaker would go after. I, You know, first and foremost, um, this session will be no different like every session, which you have to craft a balanced budget which addresses the uh, priorities of the state. So, you know, that is that's that goes without saying because constitutionally that's all we have to do to get out of there is balance the budget. But the reality is we also have priorities that have to be addressed my you know some of my most 
uh, you know, pressing or, or prioritized issues would, would fall in line with our growing infrastructure needs. Texas is growing so fast. As we look to the future and we're adding 1,000 people a day, and state demographers are pegging our population at an excess of 50 million people by the year 2040, um, you know, that, that stresses your roadways, your public education system, your hospitals, your natural resources, your utilities. I mean, you can go on and on and on about what that population growth is going to do. So growing infrastructure demands uh, should be uh, met. And that's difficult because a lot of folks like to vote in what is best for their two-year election cycle or four-year election cycle. And if, if results aren't seen or realized right away, sometimes it's really hard to convince other colleagues that we need to do something that's going to produce results 8 and 10 years and 12 years down the road. But I think we have to focus on that as we look to the future. I think building better access to health care in Texas is very important, uh, especially in rural communities. Uh, I've worked for several years trying to, to improve that, and I think that should be a priority because uh, most of the geographical territory in the state of Texas is rural. Um, and I think, you know, we, we need to fight for first-rate public schools and, and keep the cost of higher education down. So, you know, these are, these are kind of kitchen table issues, um, whether you're looking at education, natural resources, health care, and our growing infrastructure. Those are the types of uh, uh, priorities that, that I've got. So, listen, for Price, you are in Amarillo, but very well... I would argue, you know, I don't want to insinuate anything, but I think that you, just by deduction of watching how things work in Texas, in Texas politics, pretty well connected with Bob Duncan. You've not been on the program since Duncan announced his retirement. What do you make of the situation at Texas Tech right now? <laughs> well, I, I was really surprised and, and disappointed to hear, um, you know, what occurred and and that uh chancellor duncan was uh was leaving the system um it, it was unclear to me and still remains somewhat unclear um as to why the regents felt like you know that's that's the the approach that needed to be taken um i have nothing but the greatest uh respect and admiration for uh, Bob Duncan. I mean, we worked together. We worked on bills together while we were in the legislature. And one of the highest compliments I received from time to time, uh, folks uh, in and around legislative circles will say, you know, who you remind me of, you remind me of Bob Duncan. And wow. if they say that, that's that's in my book one of the highest compliments wow. uh, I could that. receive because I've always viewed Chancellor Duncan as someone that, um, you know, put put you know some of the white noise of politics aside, kept his head down and took on tough issues and, and worked his tail off. And uh, I don't think he approached his job at Texas Tech any differently. Um, that's my personal perspective. I, I've always had a great working relationship with him, and I think he's done a tremendous job for the Texas Tech system, as he did for the state no. of Texas. But for, uh, uh, let me ask you this. If yeah. you don't have answers, you just imagine what listeners in this audience, especially in Lubbock and across the cap rock and west texas if you for price who who's probably got pretty good odds of being the next speaker of the house don't have answers then other people certainly don't have answer answers how do these answers come well it's it's frustrating uh circumstance because um i think that if you ask some officials at texas tech uh or, or outside of the system they will point to some answers that have been provided the problem is 
a lot of those answers just don't make sense to a lot of people. Like what answers? Um, well, answers that, that you know decisions were made because budgets were were uh, you know um, out of control incredible. or not in which line is, with what the regions for, wanted to see. Uh, so, well, look, I'm and that, that may or may not be you know accurate. I, I'm yeah. not going to you know criticize the uh, motivations or second guess what what we've been told, but I do believe that that when you look at that whole picture, it seems like a, a small piece of the overall pie. Uh, for it to be that major of an issue and mm-hmm. for it to have been handled in the, the summary fashion that it was handled. So I think, you know, the way things were handled probably created more questions uh, than it answered, and, and the answers that have been given, which weren't given right away, uh, also created more questions. And so that is uh, that is frustrating because uh, I think there are a lot of people, especially uh, in the tech, you know, alumni base and in and around Lubbock in particular, are uh, are still adamant about getting getting more answers to those questions and at least more complete answers to those questions. Yeah. Uh, so for Price, we close off with you here. Uh, congratulations on throwing in your hat on the speaker's race. And whenever you talk about ur- urban and rural tensions, uh, how could you mitigate those as speaker? I think sometimes uh, the biggest uh, obstacle is is knowledge and education. I mean, I, I really don't have any member in mind that I think is just out to get, you know, say a, a rural member because uh, of where they live or anything like that. I just don't think it works that way. But what I do see is sometimes a, uh, a disregard for some of the issues or how an issue might impact a rural area just because somebody has no background or experience there. So. You know, taking the right approach and educating some some colleagues uh, from time to time is important about how what they think needs to pass may impact a small community or what kind of burden it may place on, you know, a a county, a small county or a a municipality in in a rural area. Uh, And so, you know, once uh, once they understand and sometimes it just takes the, you know, someone taking the time to to have that that uh, that frank and honest discussion with them it, it makes a difference and so i think uh, i bring that to the table i've had great success in the past of uh, you know zealously advocating for interest in the district that i represent which is largely rural but i also understand and appreciate the uh, differences and distinctions for those that live in urban areas and suburban areas across texas so uh, i think it just uh, you know we have to keep our our uh, our eyes and ears open to different perspectives texas is a great big state and there's um a lot of differences among us, but uh, we can all pull the same direction, and I think it just takes the right approach and the right personality to kind of bring folks together. So when you call the family meeting, last question, call the family meeting, you and Karen go in, sit down with all the kids. Did you get a consensus vote, or were there a couple of kids who were <laughs> like, I don't know, because I know Karen well enough to know where she was, and she's all in. But I wonder if the if the kiddos were like, Dad, we don't know if we want you to take this hit or not. Well, everybody's in our family has been very supportive, and I always give Karen ultimate veto power. So if I want to engage, uh, just like I did when I first ran for the uh, the state house, I mean, if uh, if she didn't want that to occur, believe me, it would not occur. So uh, I've got 100% buy-in and blessing of, of all the family, and uh, no one no one has any uh, expectations this will be anything but a rough and tumble uh, campaign. No. Uh, it'll be it'll be good, but there are a lot of quality candidates. Everybody that's filed and and everybody that's in the house, frankly, I've got great respect for them. And and this will be an exciting uh, time for the state, an exciting time for our family, and we're all uh, we're all uh, on the same page there. Is this is my proposal? You, Drew Darby, and Travis Clardy, three announced 
candidates for the speaker's race come into the studio and we play a round of master debaters who take up a <laughs> random subject and then we just take a straw poll after it's done from listeners and that's how we'll decide who the next speaker of the house is. Well, that's an interesting approach. I, uh, let me chew on that one a little while. I think that's uh, never been done before. You probably make radio history in that regard. For Price, thank you for making time for, and congratulations, and best of luck going forward. It's a pleasure. Thanks, Jay. I'll, right. I'll see you soon. All right. For Price, give him his dues. We'll be with you back soon. For Price, and uh, get into commercial break more and more people jumping on the show appreciate uh, the emails and uh, response to emails quite frankly uh, you want to sponsor the program show at other side of texas.com that's what you can do when you're just a rugged capitalist like me again to get in with a couple more notes as we close out this edition of the program stick with us i'll be right back here on the other side At Smith South Plains Ford, we're all about a better car buying experience. We understand that shopping for a car is a big deal, and that's why we believe in listening to what matters to you. Come see us in Leveland, where we have a wide selection of new Ford cars and trucks and an excellent sales staff. Love your car, love your dealership at Smith South Plains on Highway 114 in Leveland, Texas, or online at smithsouthplains.com. Love your car, love your dealership, Smith South Plains. Hey, uh, this segment, as we close out, brought to you by Lubbock's Digital, Digital. let me say that correctly, real estate and title escrow company. Title One committed to providing you with the highest level of communication and service from the time the contract opens until it closes. CL Title One can serve your realty consumer and lending needs. TitleOne.com little bonus coverage here as I get off on a little riff. Um, born, raised, uh, know the adversity of agriculture. If you guys have not followed my story closely, I fend for farmers and agriculture producers behind this microphone and because I want to. I, if you listen to the pro if you listen to the program live, you don't hear a lot of ag commercials in there and part of that's because i'm too busy trying to produce a program and need to find somebody to, to sell some advertising if you know somebody show at other side of texas.com but born and raised moved away and whenever i was doing my master's studies I began to study rural economics and that's why I'll take anybody who wants to come at West Texas put their teeth on the curb and stomp on their back of the heads proverbially proverbially I would not do it literally I don't think probably I might whatever uh, but I learned a lot about rural economy whenever I lived in a place called Wilmore Kentucky and about the way things work and about how rural economy works and whenever Ford Price is just pushing my buttons whenever he's talking about rural economy on the program. Somebody I learned a great deal from 
his name is Leonard Fitch. If you want to learn a thing or two about what this program's about, it comes from my history with Leonard Fitch. It Fitch's, and just Google search Fitch's IGA, F I T C H I G A, and Leeson, L E E S O N. Fitch caught me at a, I'm a Methodist, so I'll say a prevenient grace moment when I wasn't expecting it, living there in Wilmore. And he had owned a grocery store, been a part of it, Leonard Fitch had, for 55 years, he and his father. Wouldn't sell tobacco in the 1950s because Leonard Fitch thought it was a vice for young boys. And to this day they don't, and they aren't open on Sundays. But I learned a great deal of what I know there with Leonard Fitch. I went in to write a story about him, how, how venerated he was there in his little community of about 3,000 people, but how they weren't supporting their local grocery store or the man that they had elected to city council for 24 consecutive terms, and he had never even put out a sign. Um, he was this godly man. And I don't use that language in a political flippant sense. He was a godly man and is a godly man. And they knew that about him. I say all that because over the last break, I see that ABC has a program, What Would You Do? And I'm proud to say that not only did I listen to Fitch, I went and helped Fitch. And we turned that little store around, a little grocery store. And if you live in a rural community, you know how important your grocery store is it's the anchor of your downtown if your grocery store fails then your floral shop your your tire repair shop your pharmacy everything else falls apart because people drive out of town to do all those things but there is a program on abc called what would you do and uh, it's going to play on the abc networks on friday night i look forward to seeing my friend leonard fitch and he has no idea what he has done uh, to feed into this program just simply by being my friend and letting me learn from him. Again, if you, I could do, I may, I may do it. I may just do a show with Leonard in the next, now that I think of it, Leonard Fitch and I may do a show in the next couple of weeks where we just talk about it's the, the baseline of rural economics and neighborliness and everything else, uh, so far as civic duty is responsible, and so far as uh, biblical duty is responsible, you, you guys don't hear me get off into the social weeds very often, but those are the things that make a place, and make a place worth living, and I'm really glad, I'm not surprised that they went in, what would you do, I think it's a program that presents people with this scenario, and then they act on it. I'm not surprised at all that Fitch um, made an impression with them. He certainly made an impression with me. Uh, again, so Daniel, make a note. Don't drop anything. I don't want to hear Bart Rager while I'm talking about Leonard Fitch. We're going to have Fitch on in the next couple of weeks so you can hear about it more. Kind of the the whole roots of what we do here. I uh, need to sign off. Tomorrow, Brandon Darby, Breitbart, Texas, going to join us. Love me some Darby. 
Helena Bodemiller-Evich from Politico. She's a top D.C. reporter, really well-read and respected. She's going to talk to us about what the tariff relief program for agriculture producers means and could mean for where you live, regardless of which side of Texas you live in. But for now, I need to sign off. I got to get home. Got to get home. Uh, A babysitter who, quite frankly, I've never met. I've left my children with to join you here on the other side of Texas. But she has some good preferences from people I really respect. Uh, Mrs. Leeson getting home tonight. Welcome to the Animal House, Mrs. Leeson. For Chris Level, RedRaiderSports.com. For Price, maybe the next speaker of the Texas House, J. West Texas Leeson. Thank you so much for tuning in and uh, just making my day here as we hang out. And don't forget, just take your buddy's phone or your girlfriend's phone and subscribe to the podcast. Great stuff here. And it's all free. Thanks for hanging out on the other side of Texas. Catch you on the next episode here.